Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Wednesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is. You get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our service men and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brew Polo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, uh, Robbie, if uh, Brew Polo was in Metcalf. Yes, it would. That would be surprising if it was in Brew Calf like that. Did you say Terrence Metcalf is now the head coach at coach Oklahoma? Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, he's a Clarksdale guy, so that, that works for me. There you go. So, that, that I guess, if that being said, uh, if we're looking to the future, if Oklahoma has any uh, D1 prospects, I would not expect them to go to Mississippi State. No, but how many Oklahoma prospects have come out? State had a guy from Oklahoma a few years ago. I can't remember who it was. Didn't... Um, wasn't Terrence Metcalf like really mad about the stuff with uh, uh, the retirement jersey retirement during the Egg Bowl? No, that was Michael Orr. Was that Michael Orr? Yeah. Okay, I thought for some reason I thought it was Terrence Metcalf, but like who did they retire? Uh, ben Williams' number. Gentle Ben. Was, yeah, that he was mad that he didn't that they didn't invite him or something. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Or was I he mad? That I can't the, even keep up with all the shenanigans that go on up there. Or was he mad like his jersey didn't get retired? Something like that, yeah. Or like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it, and I, quite honestly, I don't care. So, but I do care about Strange Brew Coffee, and I hope you guys order some. Hope you got some for Christmas in your stocking, and if you haven't, just order it now. StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. Whatever kind of coffee machines on the front counter of your house, they got you covered at StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. College Corner and CollegeCornerStore.com. You guys have run them out. Of the Mike Leach uh, hoodies and and uh, and pole and the sweatshirts and t-shirts, all those. Who would have ever thought in this life, Robbie, that the most popular shirt Mississippi State fans would get would be a black shirt that just says "State" in white script across. I mean, it's it's, a, it's not even script. I'm sorry, white capital letters. And how will anybody ever know what that means? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, Dana Holgerson was wearing it. Dana, I think Daniel, Dana Holgerson just picked up a random shirt one day that said State on it. I mean, there's no way he could have known what it meant. He thought that was, he thought that was, that was uh, Iowa State. It's almost like, Brian, stay with me. It's almost like State fans like the word State. I don't know. I don't know. It's That's just... I mean, you combine that with the fact that it was Mike Leach's favorite shirt, and I mean... So that being hey, said, it's almost get, like Mississippi State likes the word state because they keep putting state. They do keep on putting it out there. So that being said, I talked with those guys. They're efforting to get those things back in on the shelves very, very soon. I assume they will continue to sell like hotcakes, but they've got plenty of great stuff at College Corner. Check out their website, collegecornerstore.com, 
or if you're headed to the bowl game and you're going to have to go through Jackson, make a stop in Ridgeland or Flowood and stop at College Corner. Don't fly, by the way. Don't do it. What are you doing, by the way? I, I don't know. I don't know. Have you made a decision I, yet? I, I've reached out to Southwest. <laughs> I know. I know how silly of me. Yeah. I reached out to them. I have not heard anything back for the last eight hours. Um, you just need to go ahead and I get in the car on, a, on, on, on Saturday. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I need my money back if I'm not going to fly. I I just I don't mind driving, but I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I hear you. Well, we'll figure it out. Uh, where are we? Restaurant Tyler. I saw a, a, one of our Sports Talk Mississippi listeners got engaged at the guest room this weekend. Oh. So, so shout out to Will in Eupora. Who, uh, who got engaged at the guest room. Beautiful setting there with the Miracle Under Main. Uh, still a Christmas wonderland uh, at that point. And, of course, we are, uh, as you're listening, two days away from the official payoff of the Pick'em Bet, where I will take Robbie to Restaurant Tyler. I'm sure he's looking forward to to really putting a hurting on me. I, 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 I you know, it just, I, I got I to gotta take it on the chin. That's, that's just how it is. When you lose, you got to pay the tab. Might have to get a steak. I would, I would think, I would recommend, I would recommend a steak. To be honest with you, it's it's one of the best steaks in town. It's one of the best steaks in the South. Is what you get at Restaurant Tyler Firehouse Subs. Great place to grow every day for lunch. Download the free Firehouse Subs app. Place your order. It's ready within minutes. And when you pick up your order, you're also picking up a plethora, a veritable cornucopia of reward points. And your next sandwich will be on the house sooner rather than later. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Flowood and Madison, Firehouse Subs. I didn't think when we got to December 28th, I would actually give a crap about basketball. I, I didn't think that. I thought, well, you, know, you we'll were see. already going to be off the train. Yeah, I figured, I thought back in November, I was like, well, we'll talk about it, but it'll be like in the second half of the show and we'll be, you know, we'll worry about it later. But instead, we have a top 25 matchup. We have all indications of a big crowd at the hump, which I'm inordinately excited about. The idea of of seeing a big crowd on a Wednesday at 8 o'clock with the students not in town has me thinking that maybe they're about to turn the corner on this, and a decade after, they're finally going to get people back into the hump. We'll see what happens there. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But... The interesting thing to me about this game, Robbie, is you couldn't have a more contrasting style between these two teams. Alabama is a team that likes to go up and down the floor. They play at a fast pace. They shoot a ton of threes. They score a bunch of points. They're averaging 87 points per 80, 84, I'm sorry, points per game uh, on the season. And then you have Mississippi State, which is literally the polar opposite of them. They play a very methodical, uh, brand of basketball. They squeeze defensively every possession, and they only give up 52 points per game. This is they're, they're, a gap of that, that. That is a huge gap. A 30-point gap between what Alabama averages and what state averages giving up. So something's got to give Wednesday night at the Humphrey Coliseum. Tell me why you think it's not going to be Mississippi State's defense that gives. Because defense travels. Defense, defense is constant. Defense is something that usually you have every game if you're good at it. Um, offense is is often sometimes hit or miss. Um, I, I think 
a really good defense um, is usually better than a really good offense. But that's that's something that's going to be tested, I think, on <clears throat> Wednesday night. Looking at Mississippi State this season, defense has been good every single game. I mean, that, there's not a single game that I can remember that I thought, you know, State didn't play very good on that yeah, side of the ball. I agree. I mean, we, we've only seen one game this year where they've given up more than 60 points, and that's kind of unheard of for the most part in, in college basketball and really in basketball these days. Everybody's kind of going the way of the offense, but this is kind of an old-school mentality that Mississippi State's carrying as a team. And even in the loss that they had, they give up 58 points. Mm-hmm. More often than not, you give up less than 60 points, you're going to win the ball game. We've seen that this year from Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. You give up less than 70 points, you got a really good chance to win the ball game too. So if State has limited Alabama to less than 70 points, 65 points or less, they're going to be in that ball game. Will they win it? I don't know, but they're going to be in the ball game. I, like I don't see them losing sixty-five to forty or right. something. You know, I, I think that if Mississippi State has given up sixty-five points to Alabama, they probably have fifty-five plus. They're probably within ten points at the very least. So the key for Mississippi State is just let that defense lead to offense, get transition buckets, get uh you know uh, get out and transition i guess and and allow your offense to be running three on two or or whatever and put put alabama in a tough spot on that end one thing that that happened last year in this ball game i thought that really helped mississippi state was alabama was just content with just throwing up um three pointers and it and for the major, the majority of them were not falling and I think that was kind of the the key to that ball game. State was able to capitalize on their end of the floor, and Alabama was just you know kind of content with just chunking up, having bad possessions. <laughs> going to force Alabama into some bad bad possessions. You're going to have to have some luck in there. Alabama's going to have to have uh, some cold shooting every now and then. But State's done a pretty good job of getting a hand in the face, making things difficult for the opposing offense. That's going to be the key in this game as well. The biggest stat that stands out to me in this game is Alabama as a team turns the ball over more than they have assists. You know, normally we talk about assist to turnover ratio. You'd like to be two to one in that. Uh, Mississippi State has 187 to 150. So not, you know, not quite two to one at all. But Alabama is actually in the negatives here. They have turned the ball over 200. uh, Hold on, state stats there. I'm sorry. They've turned the ball over 203 times this year. And they've only have 185 assists. They have one, two, three, four, five different players with more than 23 turnovers on the season. From Mississippi State's perspective, State only has one player over 23 turnovers. That's Tolu Smith, who leads the team with 30. Um, interesting coincidence that both teams' leading scores lead the team in turnovers and have 30 turnovers exactly. Brandon Miller has that for Alabama. So for me, when I look at State and the way they played this year and the way that they play defense and they force turnovers, that's that's where I see the game being won or lost for either side in that if Alabama's a team that already turns the ball over in an inordinate amount of times, if State is forcing 20-plus turnovers out of the tide, they have a real chance to, to be able to score easy buckets in transition. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, if they're throwing up bad shots... 
things like that. State's got a good shot. It's really interesting to see Alabama this year and kind of their numbers. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've watched a couple of their ball games too. And, you know, they've, they've played a – I mean, it's got to be one of the most difficult schedules. Very difficult schedule. They've played the number one team in the country, I think, twice. And have beaten them both times. Yeah. And then, you know, they've played other top 25 teams. So – it's you know both of their team. losses are to top twenty five teams. They only have two losses in the season. They lost to UConn by fifteen uh, in a tournament out in Portland, and then in Birmingham they played Gonzaga and lost by ten. Yeah, so you know they're they're not going to be too rattled by the atmosphere, I don't think, or anything like that. But it's just so strange to see how like. Their offense, and it's it's really an offense. It's just you know predicated on hitting shots and getting up getting up shots relatively quick. They've had several games with over ninety plus. They had you know a hundred plus uh, in a couple of games this year, and then they've also had you know sixty five to fifty five against South Alabama, mm-hmm. and you know they they scored uh, sixty seven points against Connecticut. Mm-hmm. They scored seventy one against Houston, which that's mm-hmm. was that, enough to that's win the number one team. Yeah, yeah. But it's a team that you know they can be they can be cold. They can have their cold moments too on offense. It's it's you know the offense has very high risk, but a very very high reward in it too. And when you're putting up that many shots and you're, you're getting that many possessions, you feel good about it. But there's also some opportunities there for Mississippi State to get some stops and scores on the other end. Mm-hmm. State's got to be really efficient on the offensive end. That's something that hasn't always been the case for this team this year. They they need to capitalize on their possessions. Alabama's going to get a lot of possessions, and they're going to get a good bit of points more than likely. Probably more than Mississippi State's given up this year, I would imagine. I would imagine, yes. But State's got to be very efficient on their side. And that's not to say they have to come out and they have to hit 55% of their shots, but they need to be scoring more often than not on those possessions, get an offensive board, get a put back, whatever, but they've got to be efficient on that side. You can't have a ton of empty possessions against this team or the game's going to get away from you. Alabama's defensive stats are kind of skewed by the fact they've given up 100 points in two games this year. One of those was a win, and it was also a four-overtime game. They gave up 101 points to North Carolina, but they won 103-101, and they gave up 100 points to Gonzaga. They also gave up 88 points to Memphis. Other than that, defensively this year, they've been pretty solid. Uh, they've only given up 80 points, or they've only given up more than, let me double-check this, 70 points in one other game, and that was the UConn game that they lost, and that's a game where offensively they weren't at their best. They averaged only, they only had 67, and like we said, they're averaging 84 points a game. So this is a pretty good defensive Alabama team, even if the stats don't make you think that when you just look at their scoring. And then, you know, on the other side of that for Mississippi State, we all know that the offensive struggles of this team, this is a game where, again, and you kind of hit on it there, you can't trust Mississippi State to get into a shootout with Alabama. They're not going to win this game if if Alabama has 75-plus points. State has to muddy the game up enough to keep Alabama between like 65 and 70. And if you do that, I think you have a chance to a good chance to win. Yeah, this is a game that state needs Alabama playing uh Mississippi State's game. Mm-hmm. And that, that's that's gonna be the case for most of these SEC games this year. State's gonna have to to make the game dirty. They're gonna have to make the game a defensive um, slugfest, so to speak. They can't get in, in shootouts, like you said. 
They can't get in a game where it's going back and forth. I, I don't think State's built for that, uh, especially this year. But I think they need to dictate the tempo. They need to dictate the style of the game. They come out and do that. They got a good shot. Yeah. The player to watch for Alabama is Brandon Miller, a true freshman, a McDonald's All-American five-star kid who honestly right now, if the NBA draft happened, he might be the number two overall pick. He's averaging 19 points and nine rebounds a game. He shoots 42% from the field, but he shoots 44% from three. Oh, and he's six foot nine. So let's throw that in there as well. Kid's just an absolute freak right now. Um, just a really, really good basketball player. Uh, Alabama has two guys in averaging double figures on the season, Miller and Mark Sears, their point guard, uh, 14 points per game from him. And then they have a, a group of guys, Noah Clowney, uh, Jaden Bradley, Namari Burnett, averaging between nine and a half and eight points per game. So some balanced scoring there. And, of course, you still have Javon Qu- Quinterly, the uh, transfer from Texas a year ago, who was a big-time player for them, tore his ACL and is just now starting to come back. Hasn't started a game for the tie this year, but has played in every game. He's a good player, and, and I don't know that this is going to be a breakout game for him anyway, but this that's a guy to keep an eye on if, if he starts getting hot because he's very, very talented. This is, a, this is a good Alabama team. Nate Oates has this program in a pretty good place. This is a good litmus test for Mississippi State. You know, If they go out there and they get run off the court, then it's going to be okay. There was a lot of smoke and mirrors with that with with the non conference. Not that it was a wasn't a a difficult non conference schedule. They did beat Marquette in Utah, but there's going to be that 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 impression. But if State goes out there, and even if they lose, if they, if their their quality they play well in defeat, I think everybody's still going to be okay. That's all right. Alabama's a top ten team. You didn't expect to beat them, you know. And you got a tough game this weekend with Tennessee, and that you just keep pointing towards that Ole Miss game on January the seventh. So. I'm not a big moral victory guy, but this is a game Mississippi State could take a a good loss from, I guess you would say. Yeah, you just you want to be competitive in this game for sure. I mean, you would love to win it, obviously. You talked about Mark Sears. I mean, that was a guy that Mississippi State was on mm-hmm. during the uh, during the recruiting process out of the transfer portal. That guy would have helped Mississippi State a lot this year. Um, because they're they, they don't really have a ton of offensive pieces. Yeah, and you know he's he's been able to come out there and and be a guy that you know he's one of the one of the leaders in assists. He's a guy that can score from from all three levels. He would have really helped Mississippi State offensively, but uh, there's there's players on this roster that can that can help State be a better offense than what they are right now. Mm-hmm. I think Keyshawn Murphy's got to step up. That he needs some more minutes. They need him to really step up. They need. These guys to get healthy. They need uh, Shaq Moore to get healthy and get back in there. Need Deshaun Davis to be fully healthy and ready to go. They've got to have all hands on deck the rest of the way because if they could, just about everybody on that team can defend. Mm. But there's not a ton of guys out there that can score the basketball for Mississippi State and do it efficiently. They got to find some guys that can do that. I think the three guys that I mentioned can, but they need them in there. All right, let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. We, we, I don't know if we got – did did Strange Brew Coffee House invite us to go get steaks with them? What, what just happened? I, I don't know what that was. I, I didn't want to assume. Yeah. Like, but gonna, there was we're no – We're just going to show no, up at 44 Prime and put it on their bill? They got a I mean, there, there? What's going on? There was no info. It was just – 
We got we to figure that Basically out. Basically, it said steaks with question marks. And- I mean, if you're offering, we're taking. We will go eat steaks. Anybody would go eat steaks. Nobody's turning down steaks. steaks well, if you say some vegetarians people do, but steaks. they're but they they are. You know what I find interesting about the people that don't want to eat meat and all that stuff. Go ahead. Well, they don't want to kill things or whatever. What what do you think keeps bugs and and things off of the grass that you eat? Do you think they just do you think they just like you know this grows on a different planet? People just grow this stuff on a different well, planet. I mean, har- and they harvesting, I know from a, for a fact that harvesting vegetables, when they run the the combines over, like there are rabbits and rodents and stuff out there, and they just yes. get run up in the mix there. But you th- do you think the farmer that's growing your lettuce is just letting a deer come over and and eat the lettuce freely? <laughs> no, it's not happening. So might as well eat a steak, is what Robbie Falk is telling you. Head to your grocery store this weekend and pick up some red meat. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. I'm just saying. Kill that cow before it eats your lettuce is what we're trying to tell you. I mean, at least when you do that, it's you know, it's the circle of life. The person that just shoots a rabbit or a deer that's in their stuff, they just throw that off to the side. Right. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. It's just so good. When it hits your lips, it's just so good. It's the smoked wings, the tacos, the sandwiches. It's so much more than just barbecue. It is smoked southern soul food. It's right there in the heart of the Cotton District. Next time you're in Starville, if you're here tomorrow night, 8 o'clock tip, that means you got time to head over to Two Brothers, grab a great meal, and then head to the Humphrey Coliseum. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Next time you're in Starville, make sure it's on your to-do list. Great products and great service is something every business likes to promise you. But Advantage Business Systems, they deliver it to you, and they make it really easy to do so because they've been in business for 47 years. So you know that when I say they're going to take care of you, the customer, it's the truth. You can't do it. You can't stay open that long without taking care of your customers. So make it really simple on yourself. Call Advantage Business Systems when you need technology for your business, when you need a copier or a printer or whatever it is. Call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you have a problem and you need service, you're probably talking to the same guy who made you the sale. You're not talking to somebody from out of state or out of the country. You're talking to somebody here in the great state of Mississippi, in the 601. That's the difference between being a neighbor and being a number. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue, that is the polos you want to represent yourself as a Mississippi State fan. Great-looking polos, great brand names, and the service that you can only get at one of the South's finest men's clothing stores. Quarter zips and polos with the logos that you want, the colors that you want, the nice, subtle, understated polo. It's just the it's just the nice, clean look all Mississippi State fans, and quite honestly, the Ole Miss fans are looking forward to. So check them out at The Rogue or shop at therogue.com. Check out the Collegiate Collection. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the rogue. Earlier today, I spoke with our old friend and noted imbecile, Brett Hudson. Talked to him. About... <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I thought, I thought it was another. I thought it was another. 
Anyway, I talked earlier today with Brett Hudson. He, co- he doesn't cover Alabama anymore, but he has been doing some work from some stringing work with them, uh, with the Tuscaloosa News, covering this team. And of course, I just know that he is a diehard college basketball guy and has followed this Alabama team very closely. So I talked to him earlier today to get his thoughts on this matchup and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Joining us here on the podcast right now, it is reunion week here. We got a couple of reunions here on the uh, on the podcast. And one of my favorite guys from his time on the MSU beat, then he went to cover Alabama. Then he got out of the game, but not really. Nobody really gets out of the game. Our old friend and, of course, noted imbecile, Brett Hudson is back with us. Brett, how are you, man? Um, well, I'm still an imbecile, so so yes. that part hasn't changed. Um, I, I'm assuming this whole sports writing thing is like the worst case of long COVID possible, where like long COVID might eventually leave you, right? But yeah. but apparently no. the whole sports journalism thing just finds me even when there's, I try. There's no getting away from that bug. It it, it stays with you. Yeah, it's throughout the years. And you should. How old are the girls now? They're three or four. They will turn three in February. Um, so we're. <laughs> We're we're getting real close, man. We're oh uh, my gosh. We're doing the very financially responsible thing of taking them to Disney right before they turn three. Because oh they're still they're still free admission. Um I don't know so, what you're doing again that you're out of media, but man, congrats on the money. Uh yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why I had to take my children to Disney when it's relatively cheap. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So um Alabama basketball, you've been doing some freelancing for the Tuscaloosa News. Uh, and, 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 and of course, I know you follow you follow them all the way back to the Anthony Grant days, as we all know. Uh, here, I, You're I had to guy. work a reference. <laughs> You're a bad guy. I had to do it. Um, first off, let's just talk about Alabama, the basketball program. You know, when you covered state, and when even when you covered Alabama, that program under Avery Johnson, they never really got it going. They brought in some big recruits, but they could never really get it going. Nate Oates, on the other hand. Not only is he a great recruiter, but he's getting the, the results that that you would expect uh, from a coach of that caliber. How surprised are you how quickly Alabama has become one of the top teams in the SEC? It definitely happened quicker than I anticipated. I mean, the 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 diehard basketball fans in Tuscaloosa like to wave in in your face that this is the second winningest program in the SEC. So it is like on some context a historical power in SEC basketball. It just hasn't been that way in in a while since the the Mark Godfrey days when they went to that one Elite Eight to the the point that you wondered if that was possible over a long period of time again, like it was under CM Newton and Wimp Sanderson. But I, I had a feeling Nate Oates would be the guy to do it just because of the the brand that, that he carries with him and how he runs programs. But he did it really, really quickly. Um, and, and you can't even say it's a transfer portal thing. I mean, I guess you could to a certain extent because Javon Quinterly was a, a transfer portal right. acquisition from Villanova, and he made a big impact on last year's team that, that actually wasn't as good as the previous years, which didn't have as heavy a dose of, of transfers. But he's he's turned it around very quickly and 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 in an especially impressive manner given his very trademark style that was quite different from what Bama had done before that, as you were alluding to Anthony Grant's Alabama offensive teams didn't really know what to do when they had the basketball. They knew a lot about what to do when they were defending, but when they got it, you know, half the game, they didn't really understand what they were trying to do and what concepts they were doing. And the the Avery Johnson experiment didn't really take off as, as they had hoped, but for an offensive minded 
coach to really right that ship in that regard as quickly as he did was was very impressive. And they do all the the defending and, and blue collar things that he's about to. So I think more than talent acquisition and talent development, two things that deserve a lot of credit, I think it's primarily uh, a credit to how well he runs his program and how quickly he can install his identity in, in the teams. Cause that's what the, the successful teams both two years ago and makings of this one currently have, have done. They have played NATO's basketball to a team. You talk about talent acquisition and, and Brandon Miller obviously has to be brought up. The, the, the McDonald's all American five-star player has not, He's made it look easy thus far in non-conference play, and that's that's saying something considering the strength of Alabama's non-conference schedule. They're the only team in the country that has beaten number one twice this mm-hmm. season. Um, but this kid's averaging, you know, nineteen and nine a game. Just looks like a player. You know, is that is his been being this good this early? Has that been a pleasant surprise, or is that what was what was expected at Alabama? I, I don't know that it's fair to expect anyone to be the best freshman in America unless maybe they go to Duke or, or Kansas, maybe. Um, so I, I don't know that that's a fair expectation, but they they were expecting pretty close to this. Um, and, and the statistical case for him being the best freshman in America is is very easy to make, like you said, 19 and 9. I mean, the, the reality is he's a 6'9", player who can handle the ball, who can bring it up the floor, who can dribble drive, who is shooting 44% from three-point range and leads the team in three-point attempts. He's shooting 86 threes for for the year in in 12 games, so to very quickly do some math. That's over seven three-point attempts per game. He's shooting 44% and he's six foot nine. Like that's that's just a, a combination that's brutal, if not impossible, to stop for a lot of people. Now it, it hasn't been necessarily impossible. He's had a few clunkers. And, and there people will, will probably remember the Houston game where he was over eight from the field, even though Alabama won that game on, on the road. Um, but he's been, he's been a revelation and, and exceeded every reasonable expectation for him to the point that uh, he could even regress a little bit from where he's at right now and still probably end up in the lottery uh, when, when it comes time to to draft for the NBA in May or June or whenever they, they do that. So that's that's been a, a big part of the success, but I'm, I'm sure you'll get to this as well. The fact that this team has still won when Brandon Miller hasn't been able to go put 19, 25 points on the board, that's, that's been as big of a development as Brandon Miller being the best freshman in America has been. Yeah, Miller right now playing like he would be the number two pick in the NBA draft. Everybody knows Wimbayama will be will be number one, the French freak. Uh, but you mentioned that this Alabama team, I mean, balance, pretty balanced scoring. Sears is 14 a game, and then you've got you know a little cluster of guys right around between 8 and 10 points per game. This Alabama team, they score. They average 84 points a game right now. And then on the other hand, you have Mississippi State that basically likes to bring everybody into the mud and have a knife fight with them when they play basketball. One of the best defensive teams in the country. This is a real contrast of styles. If you're Mississippi State, what's the key to slowing down Alabama offensively? Uh, it's Really, it's figuring out Mark Sears. Like As much as Brandon Miller has been incredible in, in the first 12 games of his college career, there are weaknesses in in that game I think it would be fair to say that Brandon Miller is not the toughest of dribble drivers which is partially due to his frame right like he's he's six nine he's a little thin um so he may not be able to power through somebody on the way to the bucket he'll certainly 
do that dribble drive and, and get some opportunities that way. But he, I don't think he's going to be a dominant dribble drive 10 times, score 16 points kind of guy. Um, so if, if you can kind of contain Brandon Miller to a certain extent, then it really comes down to Mark Sears, who, who you mentioned. He's a, a transfer from Ohio, a Muscle Shoals native, Alabama guy, went up to Ohio, balled out in the MAC, got in the transfer portal, came back home to Alabama. He's averaging 14, and, and he's been a, a huge part of this season because Javon Quinterly mentioned earlier, tore his ACL in the one NCAA tournament game that Alabama played last year. And and he kind of miraculously made a comeback probably two, three games into this season and has been slowly kind of building up from there. He has yet to start a game for, for Bama this year. So they've needed a point guard and Mark Sears has has been that and he's been he's been awesome. Clearly the the number two scoring option, not just by the basic math of it, with Brandon Miller leading at 19 points and Mark Sears at at 14. But also just in in how they're they're playing, it's it's very clear that when they get in the late shot clock situation, if Brandon Miller is on the floor and he's in a spot that it's hard to get him the ball, Mark Sears is going to be the guy with the ball, and he's going to be that dribble drive threat. He's he's a guy who's very quick, he's very agile on the on the dribble drive, and he's a serious matchup problem because yeah, he's he's small for for basketball standards. He's listed at six one. That that might be a stretch. Uh, but he's just so fast, and it kind of reminds you of Javon Quinterly. They're they're very similar players in that their 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 quickness is their primary weapon to the point that it kind of helps them overcome height disadvantages. That's that's less true for Quinterly than it is for for Sears. And Sears has a three point shot going too. He's forty two percent from from three, so it's not like you can sag off of him expecting the dribble dribble drive because if you do that, that's a forty two percent three point shooter that you're leaving out there in the open. The thing that stands out the most to me when I look at Alabama statistically is turnovers. One of the few teams, you know, one of the few teams in the country that's going to be ranked in the top 10 that has more turnovers than assists on the season. What What's the cause of those turnovers? Is it just the way that they play? Are they sloppy with the ball? Or, or is that something that you feel like they can fix? Because as a Mississippi State person, I see that. I think that state's best chance to win because they force turnovers. For sure. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely state's game plan here. I'm sure... Jans and the staff have a turnover number in their heads. And if they reach that turnover number, they feel pretty good that they're going to win it. And if they don't reach that turnover number, they feel pretty good that um, it, it won't go the way that they want it to go. Um, I, I think you can look at a lot of those turnovers as a function of a lot of new pieces on this Alabama team. Like, let's just look at the roster from a scoring per game basis. Brandon Miller, first year in college. Mark Sears, first year in Alabama, first year at a Power 5 level coming in from from Ohio. Noah Clowney, freshman. Jaden Bradley, freshman. Namari Burnett, injured, not not a concern right now. Noah Gurley is a transfer who finally has some, some Alabama experience before this season. So you're running through your top five scorers on this Alabama team. Four of them had never played in the SEC, never played in Alabama. Some of them never played in college before and the fifth one is injured um so so you've got a lot of inexperience on the floor basically at, at all points in time and the one person who may have been able to to ease that burden a little bit would have been Javon Quinterly but he's having an, an uncharacteristically bad season from from a turnover perspective and he's been kind of working his way back from from the knee injury so there's there's a lot of factors that go into that high turnover number that has been a, a point of emphasis for for NATOs and the staff basically all season. It's, it feels like 
after every game, he says we had too many turnovers tonight. And in most cases, he's right. Because as, as you mentioned, that turnover number is alarmingly high for, for a team ranked this high. So I, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head. That is definitely the path for, for Mississippi State is to find ways to force Alabama to turn the ball over more frequently than they already do, which is a pretty high clip as it is. What's the number that I tell you, okay, State held Alabama to this many points, and you would say then State probably won? Ooh. Um, well, well, see, that's that's trickier this year because Bama's been good on defense this year too. That's that that's the thing is is people when when a team plays the way a Nate Oates team does, where they shoot a bunch of threes basically every night, people are going to point to the three point shooting percentage and say, well, if they make them, they'll win. If they don't, they'll they'll lose. And that's not necessarily the case. Like if you go back two years ago. When Alabama won the SEC regular season, won the conference tournament, two seed in the NCAA tournament, I think Sweet 16, they were third in the nation in, on defensive efficiency in Ken Palm that year. Last year, they were as good. They were 92nd somewhere in their defensive efficiency. Right now, they're 19th. So if, if they get into that rock fight with, with Mississippi State, that, that kind of style they've been playing so far, this year's team has the defense to compete in that game and possibly win it. That absolutely would not have been the case last year. Last year's team did not defend well enough to win that kind of game. This year's team might be able to. To to answer your question, I mean, it's weird because they they did win a game 65 to 55 at South Alabama this year. I would guess... That's a high-scoring game here in Starkville, Brett. Jeez. I would guess if State can hold Bama under... 78, 77? Wow. You probably, you probably yeah, feel decent dis- about that. But I that's would disagree tighter. with you, to be honest. I don't know that State can get 77. Yeah, that's that's probably more yeah. more tied to State's offense than, than anything yeah. else. If, if you're holding Bama to 75 or below, you've done your job. Now, yeah. is the offense good enough to meet the, the standard? Uh, you're, you're more poised to answer that question than I yeah. am. It doesn't sound like it. But it doesn't. The stats on the, the splits on these teams are just ridiculous. State averaging sixty eight points per game on the season, uh, Alabama averaging eighty four. But Alabama giving up seventy two points a game. And you're thinking, okay, that like you said, that's pretty good defense. State gives up fifty two points per game so far on the season. I mean, they they just muddy it up so much, and and, and they they turn everything into a boxing match. It's it's just they're a very interesting team. This this game tomorrow is is going to be like watching an opera inside a tank. It's it's gonna it's gonna be really a, a fun. I think it'll be a fun watch for the unbiased uh, ob- observer. You're making a real compelling case to watch this game. You should definitely watch this game. You should watch. <laughs> Plus, I think, and I know you heard the the rumors through the years of it, but hump back. There 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 are only 500 tickets from a sellout tomorrow. Wow. Uh, so we'll see. Sweet. Uh, which is interesting because the students aren't back yet. I mean, obviously. And, you know, a lot of state fans are, are they're either going to the bowl game or they're stranded at the airport waiting to get to the bowl game. One of the two. So yes. I don't know where these people are coming from, but they, they've sold a ton of tickets. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful to see a, uh, you know, a big crowd in, in the continuing to renovate hump uh, that we're all going to. Yeah, so. what's the status on that? That, that? It's sort of like, remember when Duty Noble, when they were still working on it, and but there were games. Uh-oh. Okay, it's it's like that. We're just like a part in our progress kind so of. So you're in the construction year right now. Yeah, right, but they don't have us in a trailer, thankfully. They've just they just got some regular spots. <sighs> so 
They took away the, the courtside seats. We don't. We'll never get those back. Boo. Know, which you know, I, I've made the comment. You can never have a record crowd again because they've given us two sections in the upper concourse. Ooh. So they took away a hundred seats. Ooh. Never have they, a record crowd. Whatever the record crowd is in Starville right now will be for the end of time until they move us back. So I, I imagine you're seeing that across the country because yeah. like Alabama's new arena when it gets built, uh, maybe sometime in the 2040s or 2050s. I'd have a trailer outside where you just watch the game on TV. A might have a trailer outside, but B, it's going to be a few thousand seats smaller than the the current airport. They need to renovate that barn that they place yeah, over there. Yeah, I'll say that for sure. Brett, so much fun to talk to you, man. Glad to catch up with you. And you uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again very soon, probably again when Mississippi State plays Alabama for the return trip in Tuscaloosa in a few weeks. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Sure. All right. Thanks to Brett for his time. Appreciate him uh, coming on with us and, and talking some, some Mississippi State and Alabama basketball. That guy has two near three-year-olds. Oh, that's just, I mean, you, how old is Natty? Four. Four. Imagine if there were two of them. Well, if there were two Natties, mm-hmm. that, that there might be, be one less Robbie in the house. Well, you know, Natty is like a near perfect child. Yeah. So I don't very like, well behaved. I can't really compare. Like, I, like, you know, if, but if she had a partner, if I had two in of like a regular kid. Yeah. Oof. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. So Brett, very tough man. And of course, you know his wife is the real rock over there. She because she has to put up with Brett. She has three children. Oh my! She has the two kids and Brett. How many old fashions did Brett have <laughs> over the holidays? You know, I didn't ask that question, but I should have. I did work in an Anthony Grant reference though, so that was that was exciting. Old Bert. Oh, loves it. All right. Thanks again to Brett. We appreciate him. Tomorrow on the uh, the podcast, we are going to go a little deeper into the uh, Reclia Quest Bowl. We will talk to uh, Matt Stevens, covers uh, not Ole Miss, covers Illinois for IlliniGuys.com. Of course, you guys know him from his time here on the MSU beat. Uh, he'll join us to talk about the uh, the bowl game. The, the The thought process tomorrow is this, Robbie. What is going to hurt Illinois the most of the things they are missing? Is it Ryan Walters? Is it the running back, Ryan Brown, being out? Is it the defensive backs that they, they've lost? Where is Illinois the most vulnerable tomorrow? And can Mississippi State take advantage of wherever these weaknesses are? That's going to be our theme for tomorrow's show. So we'll talk about that on the podcast tomorrow. And then on Friday, the Robbie's Awards, they will be handed out. Votes are already in. Nearly 1,000 votes are already in in all of our categories. We appreciate you guys. I will continue to retweet those. You have until noon on Thursday to vote for the Robbie Awards, and we will hand those out. The prestigious four-fingered hand turkey will be revealed to all the winners on Friday's show. You don't get to make those, obviously, because you have you have five fingers. Right. But we'll get Bob to work down there. And, you know, we'll, have to, we'll have to catch up with – we'll have to exchange those this weekend. Well, you, you meet up with Bob, and he'll have them, and there we go. So, all right. Talk to you guys tomorrow. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.